We're turning to some scripture this morning that has blessed me this week. And, uh, and uh, how many besides the pastors had a week that not everything went the way you wanted it to? I promised our 16-year-old, the last of three adopted children, that I would balk off Wednesday. We, I had a full day Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But I, I promised her we would stop our world and we would go do the driving test for her driver's license. It's a two-way street. I'm the taxi cab driver until she gets a driver's license, and she needs to leave the house at 10 to late, and she needs to be 11 miles down the road at 8 o'clock or a few minutes after. Don't do your calculation. That's speeding. <clears throat> I was delighted. Boy, I was excited. Boy, you know, Thursday morning, I won't be the taxi driver anymore. I can just kind of take it easy at the breakfast table, and I don't have to look to see what the time it is, and I don't have to holler upstairs, Tori, have you looked to see what time it is? Let's go. Boy, I was all prepared for a relaxation of Thursday and Friday. And this was Friday? This was Friday. You sure it wasn't Wednesday? All right. I'm only 48 hours off. Give me credit. That's pretty good for me. I've been late uh, a week before. Anyhow, we, uh, we go down. Everything's cool. Only there's 20 people ahead of us. And so uh, or there's 10 people ahead of us. And we thought we were getting there fairly early. At, when they called number eight to come in and take care of their issue over what it was with the driver's department, they said, we'll be locking the door after we process number eight. You can come back at 1 o'clock, and we'll pick up with 9. And, of course, we were 10. Well, in an un unchristian-like attitude, but I, could, I was really covering up. I said, let's get out of here, Tori. And uh, so we went to Taco Mile, which is always the first on the order with, with Tori, and we ate lunch. We came back, and they finally got to number 10. And so I, uh, I said, Lord, forgive me of those issues that I shouldn't have been thinking about. Let us just fly through this. Let Tori do the best driving she's ever done, and we're going to get this behind us. Everything's clear. We've got all the documents. We proved that we live at 236198 East County Road 58. We had the document of a birth certificate. She was really born. She's a real girl. She's 16 years old. We had the certificate showing that she made a good grade with, with driver's head. We had all that ready. And so the, the lady said, let's go drive. And she picks up the insurance certificate. She walks out to this red vehicle that Tori is claiming ownership. And she looks down to window and she reads the VIN number. And she's got the insurance number right against the windshield. And she looks at it. She reads it two or three times. She says, we can't take the driving test. Long story short, the insurance had failed to put in one seven and about a 15-digit VIN number, and so we came home very disappointed. <laughs> but life goes on, doesn't it? Doesn't matter what you're processing this morning. I need to tell you the good news. Life goes on. In due season, we win if we don't quit. How many has ever felt it like throwing in the towel? Oh, come on, Jared. I'm watching you. All ministers on Monday feel like tossing in the towel you drive out of the parking lot on sunday afternoon and enemy is counting to see who's not here and who you might have offended with the message sunday morning and he's always telling you, you know, that's the worst job you've ever done and look at you know people left there before 12 o'clock because they didn't appreciate what you were saying and did you know for three sundays this family hasn't been there and the baggage begins but i want to talk to you about an invitation that God gives to all of us this morning and it's a universal invitation and it doesn't matter where you're at in the journey of life God has wants you to know that he sent a special invitation for you to come and eat at his table 
And you don't have to bring a lot of baggage along to sit down at the table of the Lord. You can leave that behind because God wants to talk about you, not, not what's in the bag. And if you'll listen to him, he'll help you. And, and then you'll make a decision whether to pick up the bag and leave, take it with you when you leave the table. But we're turning for a few moments to Matthew chapter 11. And while you're turning that chapter, I want to tell you about an illustration that really fits me good. So if it fits me good, I know it'll help at least one other person. A man one day was rushing to catch his plane. His plane was to leave at 5, but he left his watch at home, so he was quite sure. He wasn't quite sure what time it was. He came upon a gentleman lugging two heavy suitcases. The, the man who was rushing to catch his plane says, Sir, excuse me, but I noticed you have a watch. Could you tell me what time it is? And he said, Certainly, I can tell you what time it is. It's 4 o'clock, and, and, uh, and, and it's 53 degrees outside, and in Singapore, it's 74 degrees right now, and in Japan, it's 62. And in Canada, it's 37 degrees outside, and in Congo, it's 120 degrees. The guy stared at the suitcase for, man for a second, and then he said, You saw that on all, all of that on your watch? Oh, yes, the man continued. In fact, the Dow Jones is at 10,500. The NASDAQ is now at 3,500. Anything else you want to know? Wow, I can't believe you got all of that from your watch. Look, he said, I've got to run and catch my plane, but I have to have that watch. I'll give you $1,000 for it right now. Oh, no, sir. He said, I'm sorry, I can't sell that watch to you. You see, I'm an inventor, and I've, I've made this watch especially for my son. In fact, I'm on my way to give this watch to my son today. Sir, I don't think you understood what I offered, but I'll raise the offer. I'll give you $2,500. I need a watch that tells me all of this. And the man shook his head, I'm sorry, this watch is not for sale, it's for my son. Then I'll give you 5000 he said, sir, I'm so sorry. Look, I've got to catch my plane, he said, but I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'll give you $10,000 if you'll part with that watch right now. And the inventor reluctantly pondered the proposition. He figured that at $10,000, he could afford to invent another watch and pocket some extra change. Oh, what night. He took the watch off, gave it to the man in a hurry, and the traveler wrote him a check for $10,000 and took the watch. He proudly held that watch and as he purchased it. He began running toward the gate. Just as he started to run and make his flight on time, the inventor ran after him, struggling to catch him before he got aboard the plane. And I've got two pages sticking. As a man ran up to him that had sold the watch with two heavy suitcases in his hand, yelling for the man to stop, he said, Excuse me, sir, just a minute. You forgot your batteries. The hurried traveler looked shocked when it dawned on him that the batteries that ran his watch were in the suitcase. He didn't realize that along with his purchase came the extra baggage. Let me ask you something this morning. Have you ever went to an auction and bought something you really didn't intend to buy? And on the way home, you realized it was just extra baggage. How about this? Maybe you're addicted to something. You go to a store, and they've got a sale on it. It's 50% off, and you really don't need it. But, boy, that color is just right, and it really would match some slacks. And so even though your closet is stacked with shirts, you buy that shirt. And on the way home, you realize it's just extra baggage. Well, how about this? You go back to next week, and it's got 50% off plus half of that. And you say, man, what a bargain. I don't need any more shirts. My closet's full of shirts. But you begin to look through the rack. It's called shopping. Wow, I don't have one like that. That would really, I mean, it's not only 50% off, it's half of that price. 
and you go and you buy another shirt. It's called extra baggage. Can I say this this morning? We as Christians are good shoppers, and we pick up some things in the journey of life that's called extra baggage. Sometimes it's hurt feelings. Sometimes it's because our feelings get in front of us instead of behind us. And sometimes it's just that we lose focus on what God has for us. Sometimes somebody walks up to you and says, I just got my invitation to this special event. Did you get yours? And you said, no, I didn't. And inside you're saying, and I wonder why. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about a, an invitation this morning that you, you got. And if you didn't get it, you're going to get it this morning because it's all wrapped up in God's Word and it's found in Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to share with you verses 28, 29, and 30. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. How many are just a little bit heavy this morning with all the weight you carried this week? How about this? Has your baggage made you real tired? Come unto me. Jesus is invitation. This is his invitation. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 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 You know, sometimes we just need to unplug from life and say, Self, take a rest. Take a break. And immediately you say, Well, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I should have did this yesterday. I'm going to do this tomorrow, but I could wedge it in today. Listen. Many of us feel that this is the way of our spiritual walk when many of us met Jesus. We were fascinated by the plan of salvation, and we realized Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And we figured we scored a big deal when we went forward and gave our life to Jesus and asked him to forgive us of our sins. But after we got saved, we joined the church. We met Christian friends, and then we learned about the suitcases and the battery pack that comes along. And all of a sudden, the life of your Christian life became a little heavy with us. And all at once, we found ourselves a little bit lazy on Sunday morning, not wanting to get up early and come to come to leadership conference. And, and we didn't want, want to, it just wasn't exciting as it used to be because along the journey of life, we picked up some baggage. And every suitcase has some baggage in it. Some is fear. We dealt with that in the Sunday school class this morning. If you're here and you're fearful, let me tell you what, what's in the bag that God wants you to know about that he wants to help you with. He said, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. How do we learn about Jesus Christ? He said, study to show yourself approved. A workman that not, needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Everything in this book pertains to me. This is what made me a different person. This is what's wrapped up in this made me change my mind about where I was going when I died. What's in this give me the power that I didn't have to forgive people when they took advantage of me. What I didn't have to say excuse me or forgive me was wrapped up and the power of God's word gave me the power to do the things that I couldn't do. And boy, you know, the easy way out for the world is I just can't do it. I'm not qualified. I don't have the education. Listen, the best education we can get for our spirit man is wrapped up in the word of God. And the invitation is for whosoever will may come and drink of the waters of life freely. Oh, my. You know, I, I, I know I'm preaching to myself, but I enjoy quietness this morning. You don't have to say amen for me to feel right at home. I tell you, we raised, we, for the last 10 years, we've raised three, three grandchildren. We've enjoyed the noise, but I'm telling you, the nest is about empty, and I don't know what to do with quietness until I come to God's house. I tell you, I just process it 
really, really nice because it is awesome. The good news is that even though the Christian life and the life that we follow, sometimes it gets burdensome. Sometimes we, we, think, we, we thought when we accepted Jesus Christ, it'd just be a, a bed of roses. Everything would go good. We'd never be challenged again. Listen, the day you gave your life to Jesus is the day that your spirit man began a real battle. And it was with the enemy. And he hates you. And the reason, one of the reasons he hates you is because you're no longer a part of his family. You've divorced him. You don't believe in a lie anymore. You believe in the truth. And the Bible says, listen to this, the truth that you act on is the truth that will set you free. You shall know the truth. That's the reason we come to God's house this morning. We come to feed on the Word of God. We come to be reminded of the Word of God because it's the greatest part of information that we'll ever have and be afforded as we take this journey through life. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, the call is universal. We hear so much about, about things that, uh, in the politic world that just makes me sick. That's racism. You know, I get so tired of that word. I'm glad I'm not politics. I'm glad we don't have to bring politics to church. I'm glad we can be free from politics. God has another universe, and it's not run by politics. It's run by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they're all filled and running over with love. And here's what he said, he got enough love. He wants you, you to love your neighbor. And you may say, you don't know who my neighbor is. The Lord did, does. And he probably just put them next to you so you could grow and mature. You know, have you ever been with somebody when you got away, you said, boy, I'm glad I don't meet that person every day. And maybe it's one of your customers for the OG&E, and boy, you just, you put their house off to the last, you put their meter off to the last point, but, Last thought, because, you know, there's just something about that guy I don't like. Well, that's the reason we need Jesus, because Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And here's what he says. Love your enemies and do good to those that despise you or take advantage of you. And the call is universal. He wants you to come to your, his table. He wants to feed you. And I'm just your table server this morning, and I'm just feeding you on the Word of God. Not only am I feeding you on the Word of God, but some of you will go through dark hours this coming week. We all have dark times in our life. We all are grieved at times. There are times when our, our heart is broken and our dreams are shattered. But Jesus says, my Word is a lamp unto your feet, and it's a light to your pathway. And when do we need to turn the light switch on? In the darkest hour. While I was waiting on... Tori's number 10 to come up I needed to go to the boys room and I walked over to this sign that says restroom and there was a, a lady with a skirt on it and, and, and there was a man with a pair of trousers on so I, I well I, I thought well this is for everybody so I walked in and th there was no light on and so I, I, I it, it was so dark too and I was rubbing my hand on the wall that you know when you open the door the light switch is usually on the right I rubbed that wall until I ran out of time. <laughs> and so I had my, my phone with me. And so I thought, I'm not going to, I just don't have time to go anywhere else. So I turned my phone on, and it was a lamp under my feet. It lights up my pathway. On the way out, I looked. I thought, how can a, a state driver's license examining office not have a light in the restroom? I pay taxes to help them pay their bills. And I was looking real close, and then I happened to glance on the wrong side of the wall, and there was a light switch. And I flipped it on, and it worked. You know, God's Word is a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light to our pathway. 
Sometimes when we're running out of time, sometimes when the pressure of life is on us and we just don't know which way to turn or what to do, God says, turn to my word. It, not only will it be a lamp to your feet, it'll be a light to your pathway. Second Timothy 1, 7, if you're walking a fearful life, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but power and love and a sound mind. What kind of a power do we need when fear is overwhelming us? That we need to... We need to overcome fear with the faith that God is able to do. What Ephesians 3, 3.16, it's not Ephesians 3, it's something in Ephesians, but it's this. The they that wait upon the Lord, it's Isaiah 40.31, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Listen, I'm telling you, I've had some fainting time in some dark areas of my life. I needed a light like nobody knew. I needed a lamp to my feet. I didn't want to stumble. People were watching me. I didn't want to fall on my face. But listen, if you ever fall on your face, you're never called a failure unless you fail to get up and go again. I know what it is to have my back again a wall. I know what it is when things just seem to backfire in your face. But listen to me. Jesus says when you feel that way, don't let your feelings tell you what to do. Let my word tell you what to do. And it will always lead you down the pathway of righteousness. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What an invitation this morning. I want everybody just to take a deep breath. Isn't that awesome? Take another one. You, you, you deserve another deep breath this morning. Your lungs have not expanded to their capacity this week. You've been so uptight about things, and things have just got your goat. Well, turn the goat loose and let him go back to Goat Avenue. Everybody join me. Your body's saying thank you for the fresh breath of air. God wants you to know in him we live, move, and have our being. You know what? You think God loves you? Well, he calls you his kids. Do you think he's made provision for you? There's not a father in this building that would not give his last dime if he knew his child needed it worse than he did. And as we race down the pathway of life, I want to just stop a few moments today to tell you there's rest for the weary. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't quit. The enemy wants to talk you out of doing what you're doing for the kingdom. Don't quit. There's no future in quitting. God wants you to know you have an awesome future. And listen, our best days aren't behind us. I don't care what politics is. Our best days are in front of us. And the darker the night, the greater the light shines. And the word says, let your light so shine before this world that they may see your good works. What promotes us to do good works? Not for our glory, friend. We have nothing to glory of save Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary. In him we live, move, and have our being. None of us would be here today if he hadn't made provision at Calvary. And that while we were yet unlovable, he put his arms around us and he forgave us. Listen, friend. There's nobody ever cared for you like Jesus. Your companion may tell you how much they love you. Your, 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 your brothers and sisters and parents may tell you how much they love you, but nobody ever cared for you like Jesus. And while we're going through life this morning, and the Christian life many times takes on some weights and cares, do you know what? The cares of life are what steals us from the Word of God. And when we get so full of the cares of life, and our calendar gets so full that we just can't put it all together, I'm telling you, life can get real burden, burdensome in a hurry. That's the moment we need to stop our world and realize the invitation that Jesus gives us to come to the table of the Lord and feast on the goodness of God. Here's what the rest of this text says. 
He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We're here today to learn. We're here today to be excited. And I love, I love what our associate pastor brings. I'm telling you, every Sunday morning, he gives us something to laugh about. You, you know, a merry, that may be the most spiritual time you'll have in church. A merry heart does good like a medicine. And some people may never have laughed all week. Oh, I'm sorry, they weren't here this morning. There are some people that haven't taken the time. Do you know what? Stress is killing the world today. You know what can break the bonds of stress? Laughter. It's a fruit of the Spirit in our hearts. And when we have a joyful spirit, it cultivates an attitude, and that attitude is contagious. And those around you will like your attitude, and they'll want to hang out with you. Give God the praise and the glory this morning. He's worthy of our praise. He says, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Has the enemy ever talked to you like this? You'll never live the Christian life. It's too hard. People can't live that, that Christian life. Well, let me tell you, God says that the enemy is a liar and the father of lies. There's two families on, on this earth. I'm going to move hurriedly. Our time is running out. There's God's family. You're part of God's family. If you've invited him into your life to become the Lord of your life, simply by saying, Father, I'm a sinner. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I understand that when I ask you to forgiveness of sin and you become Lord of my life, not only have I found a friend that sticks closer than a brother, but you've written my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father. I'm not on my road to hell this morning. I'm on my road to heaven. And, man, that is such an awesome feeling, and and it brings such joy to our life. But Satan has his family, too, and they're not eating from God's table. Satan is the father of lies. He couldn't tell the truth if his life depended on it. And when you give your life to Satan, Satan comes or gives your life to Jesus, Satan comes and knocks at your door and begins to lie to you. The reason I know that is because he lied to me. And the reason he pays a visit or sends one of his demonic spirits to you is he knows you're no longer a part of his family, and he's angry. He's a two-time loser, and he knows it, but the Bible says he's only as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he begins with lies like this. You can't live a Christian life. You don't need to go to church to be a Christian. All they want is your money. Besides, all those people that go to church are hypocrites. And the preacher who does he think he is? Please don't look my way that way. Just smile. I've heard it too. And I don't know about now, but that preacher used to be a real stinker. I knew him from his childhood days. And you know his family and how many problems they have today? And they worship in a, a multimillion-dollar facility. They could be using that money to feed the poor. Oh, this is the time I like to jump on the bandwagon of the enemy. Can I say this? A real reason we enjoyed this facility is that we were feeding the poor before God ever trusted us with this facility. And when he gave it to us, he gave it to us debt-free. Well, if they would just practice what they preach, they'd be giving that money to missionaries. And the reason why we enjoy this facility today is because we were giving to missionaries even before God gave us this building. Put your hands together. God gets all the glory. We get all the benefits today. I'm about to get excited. Thank you, Jesus. Let's talk about our eating habits. Oh, no, you're gone to meddling now. I love to meddle. I like to put the pedal to the metal, in fact. Let's talk about our eating habits. 
What do you think about it when, let me just, let me just meddle a minute. What did you think about when I said eating habits? Before we adopted three grandchildren, which was about 12 years ago, I took Sherry everywhere uh, we, we travel. I, I, I don't like to travel alone. I, won't st- I usually won't stop at a nice restaurant, even if it's Ted's if I'm alone. I just don't like to eat alone. I don't like to travel alone. But we would get in the pickup and get ready to head to Oklahoma City or wherever where we were going, and, and she'd know more than get her seatbelt adjusted and we'd back out of the driveway, and, she, and she'd say, where are we going to eat today? <laughs> you know, I, let's face it. Good eating places are worth a ride sometimes. How many has ever driven two, two hours just to eat at Ted's? Wow, I'm not alone. I thought I was going to have to confess my sins. Let's talk about our eating habits for just a moment. I'm going to talk about two tables, in fact, that we can eat from. There's God's table and there's Satan's table. And you can't eat at both tables. God says, he that is not for me is against me. Satan has this lie that he tells all of us. You can't have any fun eating at the Lord's table. Look at everything you'd have to give up to eat at that table. Satan never tells you that sin has consequences. That at the end, there's de- a death sentence pronounced upon everyone who continues to eat at the devil's table instead of the Lord's table. And, and a reference for this, in case you want to write it down, is Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Satan is not only a liar, he's a thief. He comes to kill, but for to kill and steal and destroy. And he wants to kill, he wants to kill your, your, your desire to go to God's house. He wants to kill your attitude. He wants to give you, make a sourpuss out of all of us. How many ever looked like this before? And people want to give it away from you. Listen, I've been, I've been there. That's the reason I know. Don't get in my way during those times. Satan is not only a liar, he's a thief. The thief, he comes to do everything he can. If he can't steal your joy, he'll kill your desire to be around Christian people. And he'll start pointing out the flaws of other people. I know because he's did it to me. And not only does he do that, but he doesn't want you to read the rest of the verse found in John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus cancels the thief's desire to kill, steal, and destroy when he says this, but I've come to give you a life. How many are having a life or how many is just living life? How many is waiting for tomorrow to get here in prayer and hope that tomorrow will be better than yesterday? Was There's many people. The statistics tell us that, that 75, 80% of, of, of America today is living on paycheck to paycheck. And, and, and we're living in such a time, that, and, and the media and the, uh, the way that everything is merchandised today is selling itself even when people can't afford it. And listen, that's the reason that I want to merchandise the Word of God. I want to be the best representative of the kingdom of God. I want to buy people to buy into the fact it's important to our community to have a church home. You don't have to come to this church to be a Christian, but you sure need a church home because one day you're going to need it. I see this sign quite often. I saw it between Watonga and, and, and Southern for several years. Don't wait to let six men take you to church. Put the funeral home in that picture and you'll get the rest of it. Let's talk about eating the same at the table. 
I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy when I'm in a hurry driving through McDonald's, uh, fast food lane. And uh, it's just kind of neat to w drive up. You know, I, when I'm by myself, it's early, early, early morning, and, and I'm saving my energy for when I get down the road. And it doesn't take me long to say, I want a cup of black coffee and I want a sausage biscuit. Uh, can, can, uh, would you like to have uh, a, a potato with that? I said, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. This is all I want. And they tell me the, 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 the money to have ready when I get the wind. But have you ever noticed when you drive up to the, there about lunchtime, McDonald's offers a combo meal? And they do that by suggestion only. I mean, it's, you, they're, they're get, they want you to make the decision. They're not going to make that decision for you. They're just going to use the power of suggestion. And about that time, an alarm goes off inside of it. It says, oing, 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 oing. you could eat a, 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 a combo meal. Oing, 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 oing. And the company, company has made it so easy for everybody to drive up, get a, few, a, a full meal by just giving them a number eight, please. Would you like that on a combo? Sure, why not? Two days later, you drop, you sit, stand on the scales, and they're lying to you. You've had enough combo. <laughs> Don't supersize anything. <laughs> You're going to hate yourself if you keep. The reason I know I've been there. <laughs> Do you want it supersized? The question basically implies that the customer is going to choose between the regular size or the overdose one. And it's the same way. God continually offers his children the opportunity to supersize his plan for you. And he offers it in such a diligent way. He offers it in such a loving way. And the good part of it is when you, when you come in, in to, not McDonald's, but when you come into the God house, he's already paid the bill. Look on the menu, see what you need, and then supersize it. And here's what he'll say. I'm so glad you came. I've, I've got everything in the storehouse that you'll ever need. Just come unto me all you, every time you labor and every time you're heavy laden. And I, I've got plenty of rest. And I want you to sit down at my table. And I'm going to just heap rest upon you. And when you get up from my table, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And when you get to the door, if there's somebody needing the door open, you'll open that door and you'll greet them with a smile. And they'll know that you've ate at the Lord's table. You haven't been to Satan's table because you've been supersized with the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Malachi talks about the supersizing of God's plan. And I never preach on tithes. I, I love you people. You're cheerful givers and you're awesome givers. And the reason we can have an associate pastor today is because of your giving. The reason we can pay the light bills and have uh, tailgate parties and, and have uh, fifth quarters because you people honor God by paying your tithes. Notice this supersized scripture in Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Boy, there it is again. Food. I love food, especially when you're there because you can eat the gravy and I get the good stuff. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that so there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord. I, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour out from you such a blessing that there will be no room to, enough to receive it. Boy, that's a, that's a supersize. Now, I want you to know where that's found. It's Malachi 3.10. You open your Bible this afternoon and see if I didn't tell you the truth and then let God supersize it. And that's not all of it. I love verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Who is the devourer? The enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's, he wants to devour you. He wants to lie to you, and he wants to, to you, for you to buy his lies. 
The Bible says don't buy them. He said buy the truth, which is God's word, and don't sell out to the enemy. God wants you to supersize your life with his word. God is saying to us today, if you'll park, come into my restaurant. I love to wait on your table, and if you'll eat from my table, this is what you can see from the menu. And number one, you can say to the waitress, number, I want a number one. Number one says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I worked in the grocery store for three years while I was going to high school, United Supermarket, and then my brother-in-law went into the 7-Eleven business, and Sherry and I started in the workforce in the grocery store. We had no children. We were a long way from home. She'd drive to the, to the, to the uh, store where I was managing, and, and she'd say, Honey, what do you want me to fix for supper? I said, Don't fix anything in this store. There isn't anything in this store that's good. You know why? I wasn't hungry. I was hungry, but not for food, not for that kind of food. It was groceries. It's what we ate, but nothing had its appeal. Listen. God wants you to be hungry. And before he can supersize his blessings in your life, you've got to, you've got to process what he says. Blessed are those, which means in this, in this series, in this, this, this scripture, happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Can I ask you a personal question this morning? Are you hungry? If so, how hungry are you? I'm hungry, but not hungry enough for gravy. I'm hungry for the things of God, though. And I want him to fill my tank with good things. Isaiah 119, number two, if you're willing and obedient, you can eat the good of the land. How many likes to go to a good restaurant and eat good stuff? Well, in the same way, your spirit man needs to be filled on good things. And if you're willing, if you'll just do what he asks you to do, if you'll just not take a suggestion, but you'll apply God's word to your, your life, you'll eat the good of the land. How about this? Number three, John 638, I'm the bread of life. You ever walked into a place and you you smelt fresh bread? Where does the fresh bread smell usually come from? Somebody usually has bread in the oven, and you're getting the aroma of what's in the oven. Listen, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. John 6, 51, I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I shall give him will be my flesh, which I shall give for the life of this world. I close with this this morning. I prayed in the, in, the, in the hours that we're living in America, in such an unthankful hour, such a rebellious hour, such an hour that there's so much unrest. I, I pray that this church will be a lamp to this community like it's never been. Our community is filled with people that don't know Jesus. And I can only feed you on Sunday morning. I can only make so many hospital calls a day. And I can only drive so many miles. But listen, when God ignites a, a fire in you, the world will know, this community will know that Jesus is first in your life. And you'll have something to say about the goodness of God and not about how bad you feel. And we all have feelings. Don't get me wrong. We're, we made, we're made up with feelings. But you know what? They're, they're looking for somebody that will just listen to them. And then when they've told you their story, you can always say there's hope. That I found hope in Jesus Christ. And when I sit down to eat at the master's table, not only did I find hope, but I found the blessed assurance that Romans 8, 28 is exactly what will happen in my life. I can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. 
God is working things out for my good. I can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's worthy of my praise. I can know beyond a shadow of a doubt he's not going to kick me out of the family because I'm not perfect. He'll not kick me out because I've had a bad attitude. He'll not kick me out because things didn't go right. He always has the invitation, come to me. Come on, come on, come to me. And here's what he wants you to know. If you're a new babe in Christ, how many of us as parents, we could hardly wait till that little toddler got to where he had the strength in his leg to stand. We weren't, you know, for months, we, we got that little toddler by our fingers and we would stand him on his feet. Oh, man, looky, looky. I mean, that, looky, looky, look what little Sammy's doing. Look at what Sammy's doing. But you know what? That child got stronger and he's stronger. We weren't satisfied with him standing. We said, come on, Sammy. Come on, Sammy. Come on, boy. And that didn't matter how many times this little Sammy fell down. We were always there. Oh, good boy, Sammy. Good boy. Good boy, Sammy. You're so precious. Let's try again, Sammy. Come on, Sammy. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, good boy. Uh, good boy. You made two steps today instead of three, four. Hey, you're going to make six tomorrow. Come on, Sammy. Oh, I love you, Sammy. Do you know what? That's the way Jesus treats us. And here's what else he says. Bear one another's burdens so that they'll love Jesus too. And when you see somebody, their name might be, not be Sammy, but you see them, they follow. The Bible says God has given you the ability to reach out and say, come on, Sammy, come on. Come on, don't quit. Come on, come on. There are better days ahead. Come on, come on, come on. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go have some fun serving Jesus. Let's sit at the table of the Lord and let's see what he has to say to us today. The Bible says, though a just man fall many times, the Lord, everybody say the Lord, is there to pick you up. He says we, there will be days we will be cast down, but not forsaken. Listen, if the enemy sold you a lie today, put him under your feet. He's under your feet, and his head will be bruised shortly under your heel if you don't quit. Oh, I know he's, he's looking at the Lord's table today, and he sees some of you that's made a decision. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and he's got your attention. Hey, listen to me. Listen. Come on over here. We're going to have some fun today. It's time that you stand and say, what's the consequences of having fun when I eat at your table? And how much is it going to cost me? Listen. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay, and it'll always cost you more than you want to pay. I want you to leave here today knowing that the scripture that we've shared with you came from the 11th chapter of Matthew. And I want you to realize that it's for all of us today. And God's word will never return void. It'll always accomplish what he sent us to do. But not only will it accomplish what he sent us to do, but I want you to look at the table you've left and the table that you're sitting at today. And I want you to say with all your heart, God, I'm so glad that I'm eating at the table of the Lord. I'm so glad that my nourishment comes from the Holy Spirit that not only guides me on into all truth, but you're there to comfort me when my heart is broken. You're there to pick me up when I fell flat on my face. You're there to encourage me when I'm discouraged. You're there to break the spirit of stress when it's killing me. Listen, I know what it is to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and the bed sheets be wet and the underwear that you have on be sopping wet. I know what it is to jump in the shower and say, God, you've got to help me. You've got to strengthen me. I, I can't do this without you. And the Holy Spirit says, you can do all things. When you open the door, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to take care of the situation. And when I'm for you, ignore who's against you. <laughs> Boy, I just feel like jumping over 
a troop today. But I won't. One morning, the anointing came, and I stepped from that pew to that pew to that pew. And it had to be the anointing because I, I can't eat and walk at the same time today. And when I got to the back of the building, I thought, oh, Jesus. The enemy says, you made a fool out of yourself. I said, uh-uh, I'd be crawling out from under that second pew if the Lord hadn't directed my step. Oh, yeah, it has repercussion. One of the precious ladies in the church called the board that afternoon and said, what do you think about what the preacher said? And the first one she called said, I'll tell you one thing, he's a man of God. I'm not touching him. Sure, I've done some crazy things. But you know what? The craziest thing that I've ever done to the world is when I sold out to Jesus. I'm not here because I asked for this job. I ran from this job. But when God called me and I obeyed, heaven came down and flooded my soul. And I've had a joy like I've never had before. And I've met people like I, that I would never meet before. And some of them I've reached their prison, prison bars to shake hands and lead them in the sinners. For I've had the time of my life. And I believe there's going to be people in heaven just because I finally obeyed and did what God wanted me to do. And you know what? All he's asking for you to do today is just obey. 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 And if he's talking to you this morning, all he's saying is, if you'll just obey. If you've never given your life to Jesus, he said, just obey. Give, give God everything today. He's not wanting an offering. He's wanting a sacrifice. Just take the step of faith and say, Lord, I'm not going to leave here a sinner today. I'm not going to leave here lost and undone without Jesus. I'm going to make a quality decision to serve the Lord. And with that, with every head be bowed, our, our, our associates coming, we're going to have communion for ju in just a moment. But with every head bowed, nobody looking around in this building this morning. I'm going to ask you, are you here this morning and you've never sold out to Jesus Christ? Or maybe there was a time in your life that you did sell out, but today you've allowed that relationship to become cold. You've allowed the cares of life. You've allowed things to crowd out God. So you barely know him this morning. You just hope that you know him well enough that you've, bought, bought, uh, you're, you've, you've given enough of your life to Jesus that you're still a child of God. And if the enemy is here lying to you this morning, and he's telling you God will never forgive you, or even if you did, it wouldn't work in your life. With every head bowed, nobody looking around. If you're here this morning, you know you're lost without Jesus. I want you to look my way. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else this morning, you know today, if this would be the last day of your life, you're not heaven bound. You're on the road, the wrong road this morning, and that, that, that wrong road leads to an everlasting place called hell. And when you draw your last breath here on earth, you don't die. You, you, you go into an eternity that, that the enemy has sold you on. And I don't want you to leave here without knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt. My heart's right with Jesus, Pastor. I'm not raising my head today. Or if you're here and you know that you're not right with Jesus, please just look at me and hold your head my way until I see your head. That way we're going to all pray together. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to single you out. I just want to pray with you this morning. And if you'll say this prayer and you'll mean it with all your heart, Jesus Christ will walk into your life. He'll forgive you of your sins and he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Would you stand? For one lady, one adult lady that raised her hand, the Bible says one person is worth more than this whole world in which we live. We're going to pray. Following the prayer, we're going to ask you to come forward, and we're going to, the elders are going to wait on us with communion. But right now, I'm going to lead us in prayer. I want you to say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you today for a place called Calvary, a place where you bled and died for my sins. I'm coming to you today 
to ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From this day forward, I want you to be the Savior and Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. Thank you today that I can walk out of the door today and know that I've ate from the Lord's table. Thank you, Jesus, for including me in your plan. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Put your hands together. One person left the devil's table this morning and moved to the Lord's table. Hallelujah.